This podcast is available in video form on our YouTube channel at Moto Outsider. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Moto Outsider. Today, we're talking about the the lovely Super Motocross World Championship. But as always, I am joined by my man. My name is Chris Baird. What's going on, everybody? How are we doing tonight? Dude, welcome back, everybody. We are cranking out a late night of recording all these videos because there's a lot of stuff going on in the motocross, supercross world. And I know there is a lot of speculation about this series, the timing of it all, what they're really trying to do behind the scenes. And I have some unique business perspectives that I want to share with this. But Chris, for those who don't know, and much like myself, give me a breakdown on what the, the super, super motocross world championship is and what's really going on here. Yeah, so this is interesting. This is uh, the first time, at least to my knowledge, in the whole 50-plus years of the sport that we've done anything like this. So uh, this year, we're going to be getting rid of one outdoor national. Uh, we went from 12 to 11, the same amount of Supercross races. So we have 17 and then 11. That makes 28 races. Those races are going to be used to tally up points for the whole uh, Super Motocross World Championship. They're going to take the top 22 racers from each class. They automatically qualify into the Super Motocross playoffs. And then from there, there's three rounds of racing, and they're going to take one winner overall winner from each class you'll be the super motocross ultimate world champion or whatever the hell they're calling it but yeah this is all new this is a lot different there's a bigger purse uh yes it's a big change for us yeah and and it's interesting the timing here is is rather unique from what i understand in the timelines that i'm looking at so there's a supercross world championship and then now there is the the super motocross championship so what's the, what's the strange backstory going on here with this with this timeline too? Yeah, so it's pretty convenient that they announced this, you know, right after the first rounds of the Supercross World Championship launching in uh, Cardiff, you know, in the UK. Um, it's pretty evident that they were trying not to lose riders. They didn't want to lose all the American guys over to a full World Supercross series because, as you see, a lot of guys don't want to race outdoors. They don't want to race twelve rounds of grueling thirty-minute motos. Um, yeah, and they claim that they've been working on this and this was ready to go. You know, this has been in the works for a while, but I, I think this had something to do with the World Supercross Championship, in my opinion, and I think a lot of other people agree. Not for nothing. Super Motocross World Champion sounds ridiculous. It, it is borderline stupid, and it makes me not even want to watch <laughs> it just based off the name, if I'm being completely honest, man. I mean, they, yeah. they could have came up with way better names when you have this caliber talent riding, I think you could have came up with a better name for the for this championship with what they want to do. But what's interesting yeah. is that they have no big names coming over to race in the Super Motocross World Championship, which exactly. is interesting. Very interesting. And uh, it's really it's going to be interesting, too, because you're going to see a lot of guys still opt out of the Pro Motocross Series this summer. There's a lot of rumors that Eli Tomac's not going to race outdoors this summer. But because of his points and... I guess maybe just winning a race might be like an automatic qualifier into this super championship that they're running. Um, you're going to see guys not race during the summer, but then come out and just race the, the last three rounds. So it's just a weird concept. It's a weird name. There's so many interesting pieces about it. Even the color scheme they use for their logo and design, like green and purple. I just, I got a lot, a lot of questions myself about this whole situation. Well, I think what these questions pose Yeah sheds light on the fact that they did this very quick and haphazardly absolutely and they're doing it because you and i know that they're doing this so they don't lose riders they want to keep all the riders trapped here so they can't go over and race a supercross world championship yeah is that accurate or no 
Absolutely. I mean, I think that that's 100% the reason why they did it. Unfortunately, you, you see some kind of you know backlash from this. Obviously, Ken Roxon gave up a multi-million dollar per year deal at Honda last year because they did not want him to race over there in the World Supercross Championship. And look where he is now, racing versus uh, you know the HEP Suzuki team. Not a bad thing, but uh, I definitely think that this is 100% the reason and just a questionable decision, right? Right. And what's interesting is this this has a very unique parallel to the golf world. So yeah, fill me for everybody I'm out there, this. yeah, yeah. So for everybody out there, Chris included, I'm trying to get Chris onto the golf course, but living down oh. here in Florida. I sold all of my bikes back in New York before I moved down to Florida. And unfortunately, work took over my entire life, and I don't have any dirt bikes down here, which sucks. But uh, ask Chris or anybody else. I talk about buying a dirt bike nonstop because I still can't stop thinking about it. Yep, Anyways, every day. I golf nonstop. And something very strange happened between the PGA Tour and the Live Golf Tour. So for all my motocross guys out there and supercross guys and girls who love golf too – You'll know, to, you'll know what I'm talking about. For those who don't, though, the PGA Tour had a new, I guess you could say, competitor come about called the Live Golf Tour. And if you want to look up some of the old headlines, Live Golf had massive overseas funding to steal some of the biggest names in PGA Tour golf, Tiger Woods, Dustin Johnson, of the like, wow. to come over and golf in their new golf tournament called Live the Live Golf. They were offering, I'm talking eight and nine figure contracts. They offered Tiger Woods over $700 million. Dustin Johnson took $150 million to leave the PGA Tour, the coveted PGA Tour, and go golf in this new venture that came up. So when I put my golf hat on, man, this looks very similar between Super Motocross and the World Supercross Championship. But those are my two cents. That's crazy. I didn't know there was that much money. And I do honestly think it's very, very similar. Um, it said that, you know, Ken Roxon, I don't think he was getting hundreds of millions, but maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars to go race those couple rounds right. over in, in Europe. And that's the other thing to talk about. The World Supercross Championship this year was only two rounds. They declared a champion after two rounds. You saw Shane McElrath in the MX2 class and then obviously Ken Roxon in the MX1. I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting that they did that for the money that they're spending. And then we also saw new, t- new people get into the sport. Uh, Rick Ware, is a, he owns NASCAR IndyCar teams. He started a Supercross team. Joey Savacci is racing for him in AMA Supercross right now. So uh, it's going to be a big match, just like you're talking about with this Live Golf, which I didn't realize the numbers were that big. But I think you're going to yeah. see a lot of guys get pulled in and out of this world championship for simply money, and that's it. There's not a lot of money in the sport. There really isn't. So, so, dude, and we can jump. We can jump down the money side of the conversation for a very long time, but we got to wrap this video up. But from what I understand, and look, because, dude, we grew up riding and racing for fun. We never really thought about the business side of it because we knew we weren't going to make a living at it. I mean, do we have those dreams? Yes. Of course. Do we have the talent? No. <laughs> uh, but, dude. I feel as if motocross and supercross riders did not have access to the money that they rightfully deserve or, you know, there just isn't that option for that kind of money. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, yeah, the big names, Ricky Carmichael, James Stewart, those guys made, I mean, boatloads of money. But, you know, wasn't there something going on between Feld and supercross where the privateers were trying to lobby for more money. Wasn't there something like that going on too? I think you do back, see like, years back. Yeah, you do see a lot of that. Uh, I think it happens all the time. And I just, 
I don't think it goes anywhere. You know, it's hard because Feld doesn't even allow the privateers or anyone in general to sell their own merch in the pits, which in my opinion is borderline, it's asinine. Dude, you know, you guys can't dude, make an extra is, buck. That, that's, dude, and, and especially from the business side of things, like if you look at what these privateers do, it's how they rely for their, it pisses me off yeah. because that's their money and they're, they are being chokeholded by Feld yeah. to make less money. It's unbelievable. Yeah, they're just like, you know, they're, they're like puppets. They, they're just kind of getting, you know, pulled all over the place. I think something in our sport really does need to change. Um, the Super Motocross World Championships offering, they're saying $10 million in purse money, which also, I think that's a good change. And I think that should have happened a long time ago. But when you know a lot of guys sell their own merch and, you know, have promos in the pits, you know, we, we've lost so many sponsors like uh, Toyota, or I believe it was Dodge back when they were with uh, RCH Suzuki back in 2016. Oh, yeah. Dodge pulled out because they were not allowed to do their own demonstration in the pits. We're getting these big names in the sport and we're, we're losing them because a greedy, one greedy organization is ruining all of this. And they're taking all the money, putting it in their pockets instead of giving it to the people that make the show for them. So he, this, is, this is me advocating for uh, the, the Super Motocross Championship. Yeah. Capitalism works. And this is how. Mm -hmm. You have Feld taking all the money right here. Yep. And then you're going to have Super Motocross down here offering a lot of money. Yeah. Right? Or the, or the World Supercross Championship offering a lot of money. So then now we have to pivot up here to bring in the Super Motocross Championship. This, goes, this is going to show you that these companies need to get a hell of a lot more creative with what they're offering these riders because they're going to go chase the money. And at some point when the money gets so big, yes, you will lose names like Ken Roxon to go race overseas because these guys need, they need that life-changing money in a sport that is so intense, dude. Absolutely. They, they really need to you know, get their priorities right. They need to figure this out and make this something that can be profitable for everyone else around them because you look at NASCAR and those teams make so much money. Now, mind you, you do oftentimes have to buy a ride. It's a little bit different, but you bring money to the table and then the teams make money. Our teams are not making money here. You're just spending it and losing it. And I think that's absolutely, it's, it's, it's just crazy to me. So I hope something can change because I don't, I don't want to see these people go away. But, you know, you look at like Justin Brayton. Justin Brayton has mm -hmm. made so much money in overseas races. He's 37, going to be almost 40 in the next couple of years. He's still going to be racing in Australia and overseas because it's where the money is. So I'd expect to see a lot of these guys as they get older progress into that series. For sure. And I, th I think it's healthy for the sport too. It might be one of the only ways not to save it, but to keep it, keep its interest rising because dude, I don't know about you, but if I had a $10 million purse on the line, mm -hmm. you might race a little bit harder than if you're only going to clear like, you know, half a mil or one mil, right? Absolutely, Especially man. when, dude, these guys are running all their own private insurance and they're doing everything else and they have their own costs associated with this. Yeah. Let's, let's just say you get, you know, a top 15 guy can come out swinging and ride like he's never ridden before for that much money. A lot, you know, yeah. a lot can change. But dude, last question and then okay. I'll let you go. You're good. You said that, Supercross World Championship ran two rounds and they crowned a champion, right? Correct. Do you think it makes more sense to have shorter seasons or longer seasons for both Supercross and Motocross here in the States? You know, I, I hate to say this, but I really do think shorter seasons would be better for everybody. And I only say that because, you know, the guys, they race, it's going to be 31 races a year now, plus anything they do overseas or Motocross of Nations. And they're humans. They're not robots. Their bodies get beat up, worn down. And for the longevity of our riders and our careers, you know, I don't want to see more Villapotos. I don't want to see these people retiring at 27. Like, let's race until you're 33, 35. So if we had to cut back rounds, even if we have to take 10 rounds away, 
I'm an advocate for that, man. I really do. I'm with the riders on this. How about you? Or, or I, I'm a bigger fan of shorter seasons because I think it makes for better racing in the interim because you have a shorter window. Good point. Um, now this will be the last question. I saw, I know I said the last question was it, but this is the last one. We can one. talk all day. <laughs> Dude, we really could. With, with the tracks changing, yeah. the first question is, does Super Motocross offer a different style of track or is it going to be the same as what we saw at Anaheim 1 or you know San Diego? Yeah, Super Motocross actually is going to offer something a little different. Uh, we've seen this the okay. past couple of years. It's going to be the Speedway tracks. They're running at the, is it the Z-Max Speedway down in Charlotte, I believe. Then there's one in Chicago. And then we go back to the Alley Coliseum for the last round, which is badass in my opinion. So um, we're going to see these longer hybrid tracks, but in my opinion, really good racing. Okay, cool. And the, the reason why I ask is because you remember when, like, when Chad, remember when Chad Reed went on his run when he was running his private Cowie team and the <laughs> dude was crushing it? Yeah, in the Honda. I remember, after, good years. I remember after he got hurt on the Cowie. He, I'm pr- he said something to the likes of like the tracks were just too fast and too scary now. Yeah. Or maybe it was James Stewart said something similar, but like you have these guys that are going out there saying these bikes are too fast. We have to ride at a crazy level. Mm-hmm. And these, these tracks are so technical and insane. It almost makes, even at that caliber, it makes racing difficult. Yeah. Maybe the hybrid tracks will prove that might be the way that we should go for better entertainment and better racing. Who knows? Honestly, I agree. I think we've seen some really good racing the only thing that I could think of that was pretty rough was Cameron McAdoo when he crashed back in, I think it was 2020, and he kind of <laughs> launched into the face of that tabletop. Um, but other than that, though, we've had good racing. It's been really, really cool tracks. And I agree with you. The speeds are very high. The stadiums are very small. I'm not trying to be that guy, but maybe 350s are the move. We don't need 450s in professional racing. I don't know. That's a whole other topic. And we could probably make five videos about that. But um, I don't know. Like, yeah. Have you ever ridden a 350? Like, What do you think about all that? No, so I've never ridden a 350, although I am very intrigued because I think a built 350 would be more fun to ride than a built or a stock 450. And mm-hmm. we've owned we've owned 450s each of us. Yeah, they're they're stupid fast, but they're rideable. They're not this big intimidating scary machine. Yeah. But I just think you can almost have dude, you get a little sideways or a little whiskey on a 450, it's going to hurt. We but I think if, I think you can have a little bit more fun on a 350. What do you think? I agree with you. I've ridden 350s before, and they they feel like a, a big board 250F, but they also, like, the, the lightness and the stability, the way they turn, feels so light, but there's lots of power there. And I just want to hit on this point really quick. Uh, Cooper Webb was on the Pulpamax show a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned this. You know, Cooper took the summer off to kind of just get his head right, get kind of refreshed because he was a little bit burnt out. And he said he rode a stock 350, and the same day he rode that thing, he called his team and said, hey, I want my bike, the motor and the map to react like this, like just the way it hits and doesn't rip your arms off. And look at Cooper, how he's riding these first two rounds. I'm not saying it's the, it's the motor, the mapping of the bike, but I think it's interesting that, you know, he's riding this well on a bike that's tuned to handle like a 350. Well, a lot of stuff going to happen this year, and it's going to be interesting to cover it all because we're going to have a lot of changes in the with the bikes like we covered in the last video. Yeah. A lot of uh, you know new series coming up with this Super super Motocross World Championship. Pro Plus Max. And it'll be, it'll be interesting to see as these races get closer what the media coverage is going to be like. So we'll be, we'll be diving into all that, reacting to it, and, of course, giving you guys all of our feedback and, uh, and content here. But I want to thank you guys for sticking around, too. And as always, drop a comment. Let us know what you guys are thinking on the Super Motocross World Champion and where you think this, uh, what this sport is headed to. But Chris, final thoughts, man. Lay it on me. 
Yeah, I think uh, Super Motocross World Championship. Uh, I'm very excited for new racetracks, new Coliseum race, uh, new, new layouts, more money for the privateers and the, and the guys racing. Super excited about it, but can we please change the name and maybe the colors of the logos? That's all I really got for you. Other than that, I'm super excited and super excited to hear everyone else's thoughts about this topic because I feel like there's going to be some really interesting takes and opinions on this. 100%. And I don't know. We'll see how the riders react to I'm really curious to get their their feedback on everything but dude chris thanks for joining me brother guys thanks for watching as always be sure to like comment and subscribe share with all your friends we want to bring you guys the best motocross content possible so thanks so much for sticking around catch you in the next video